Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth and concepts for improving organizational culture. This is your host, Philip Grison. As you increase your wisdom, I hope you enlighten others on your path towards greatness. If you want to go further, head over to leaderthink.com. Since the reason most culture efforts fail is due to not giving the necessary focus to the emotional component, it's imperative we spend significant time focused on that, influencing emotion. Today, we will discuss the power of influence and how it is the most important tool you could ever have available to you in your work life and your personal life. Unfortunately, some people do not use it often, sharpen that tool regularly, or see the value that it can provide. Our job is to not just improve our ability to influence emotion, it is also our responsibility to share that power with others. By helping others, we help ourselves in the process. Today, we will discuss how the brain interprets information so we can better influence others. We will discuss two distinct parts of the brain and a third level of conscious to better understand our own behaviors and the behaviors of those around us. Again, if we can better understand our own actions, we can help others better understand their own behavior. The point of all this is to focus inside when you want to change what is outside. By focusing this knowledge inside and growing ourselves, we gain the ability to better influence others so they can better improve their own lives. Since the most effective way to improve culture is to focus on the emotional component, we start by improving our ability to influence our own emotions. By influencing ourselves, we create a small amount of new social proof in the current culture. If we improve ourselves, people will notice. Some will want a piece of it when they see the change in your own life. Those people are your customers. They are your fans. When you pour what you are learning into them, the social proof is spreading and growing. It's becoming stronger. No one can argue that personal growth is a bad thing. If you are growing and influencing others to grow, no one can say, well, that's a bad idea. This is why it is different than any program or something you have to purchase to implement. The power is inside of you, not outside of you. No one can take it away from you. When this spreads to others in the current culture, it becomes a tremendous force of influence within the hearts of the people in the organization. And again, it's a power no one can take away because it is inside of the people, not outside of the people. This is the power of social proof and why it needs to be our focus. Our world is full of unhappy people. If you want to look for sadness, Anger, frustration, division, it is not hard to find. The world is full of broken people today. Being hateful seems to be a more tolerated behavior as the years go by. There is a tremendous amount of division in a country where we are all Americans. Sure, there is a lot of good in this world as well. But if our focus is on influencing emotion, 
then we need to learn to better help those that are suffering in any way. I first learned these concepts by suffering myself. In a state of suffering, I searched out tools that helped me better manage my own hardships. No one gets to be happy all the time. Everyone has experienced, might be experiencing now, and will experience suffering again in the future. If we can better help ourselves through suffering, we can share that power with others. Regardless of what front people show to the world, most people don't have faith in themselves. Many of the struggles people experience defeat them because they don't have enough faith in themselves. The struggle doesn't defeat them. The lack of faith does it. Many people don't have someone that believes in them. When the outside world has no faith in them, it influences them to lose faith in themselves. By showing genuine faith in someone, we are strengthening the faith they have in themselves. Their ability to overcome failure and adversity is increased simply because we believe in them. Struggle and failure will always show up in our lives. How we handle it when it comes is where our power lies. By simply believing in someone, we increase their ability to handle adversity and strengthen the resiliency of the culture. Showing genuine faith in someone is not lying to them that they are stronger than they currently are. Having faith in them is truly believing that they have the ability to get better, to grow, and showing them that faith in a way where they actually believe it. People can tell when you really have faith in them, and they will want to live up to your high expectations of them. They will fall down, but they will get back up quicker when they know that you believe in them. So focus on their strengths, not their weaknesses. You think people don't already know their shortcomings? Do you know your own strengths? Do you know where you struggle or have an opportunity to grow? Many managers have great intent when they point out the shortcomings of their workers. It is normal for a supervisor to spend their time identifying what is wrong, what needs to be fixed. So naturally, supervisors apply the same view of looking for the things to improve in systems and then apply it when viewing emotional people. Unfortunately, it's not very effective. What is effective is focusing on strengths. Here's why. When you say something as simple as let me give you some feedback, you trigger a fight, flight, or freeze response in the person's brain. Notice someone's eyes when they hear that sort of comment. Do their eyes look open to feedback or are their eyeballs ready to run or fight? I bet they either look down or look you dead in the eye. If instead we ask about their strengths from a place of genuine curiosity, they will now be open to wanting to talk to us. When you ask about whatever they are doing right, it triggers a pleasure response in the brain instead of that fight or flight response. By noticing and being interested in their strengths, we influence them to want to create new strengths. 
That is what we are wanting, right? For the people to become stronger. That's what you want to focus on, what you want more of, not what you want to get rid of. It is extremely difficult to remove an old habit. It's fairly easy to create a new one. Let's say you have an employee that has a current bad behavior or habit. Telling them to stop it will not make it magically disappear. But getting them to create a new behavior is a heck of a lot easier. It's almost like trying to lift a dead weight versus helping lift a person that has the ability to help with the lifting. You are working together for the same goal versus working against each other. If you try to quit a behavior, a bad behavior, like smoking or having dessert every night, it can be hard to stop. But if you create a new habit like chewing gum after dinner, you can create that new habit fairly quickly. Try spelling words backwards or saying the months of the year backward in your mind and see how long it takes you to become very efficient at it. But try to forget quickly saying the months of the year forward. Good luck with that. But here's where the magic happens. If you can increase the strengths in your people and help them develop new strengths, you are creating new habits or neural pathways in their brain. Because they feel good about the new behavior and because you have faith in them, it encourages the new behavior to continue. It becomes a habit that is strengthening they might still continue the undesired behavior you would like them to change, but the lack of attention on it weakens it. If you can create a new behavior that is intended to replace the old behavior, then eventually the new behavior will become the stronger one if it is continually fed recognition and faith. Then a tipping moment occurs where the new behavior is so strong, the old behavior appears less useful to the brain. At this point, the brain has a unique way of pruning off old neural pathways or habits that no longer serve it. That is why focusing on strength is so much more efficient to change culture than focusing on weakness. The hard part is that the brain works against this method and we have to give it intentional effort to work. Since focusing on strengths is so powerful, we need to strengthen our ability to reinforce it. We are giving it fertilizer so it grows stronger and faster than if it were left unattended. Praise people for their strengths in private so they know you really mean it. When managers run around saying good job to people and walking on by, it can appear disingenuous. It can appear as if they are saying it because it is a job requirement, not something true and from the heart. When you take a moment to speak with someone privately about the strengths you see in them, it will have a much more motivational effect. They are more likely to believe you really mean it, and they will want to continue to live up to your expectations in them. You are not only praising them, you are also setting the bar higher for them in the process. 
praise people in front of others. This can increase their sense of pride, but also influence others around them. There's a good chance that the conversation will continue after you walk away. Their coworkers may joke around and lightly make fun of that praise, but underneath the surface of that conversation, they will want to receive some of it too in the future. By praising one person in front of their peers, you are influencing the entire group. The most powerful form of praise is in front of family and friends. These are the people that mean the most to the person you are praising and influencing. By praising people in front of the people they love and that love them, you are creating a lasting effect. They will talk about it more outside of work. Nothing beats this type of recognition. Since this kind of opportunity will not always present itself when it does, you have to take advantage of it. The path to success is a long road of little failures. Failure is your teacher. Failure is your friend. But most people don't view failure that way. Most people view failure as the end of something, not a learning step along the path toward success. How you process failure influences others when they experience failure. The highly successful have a tolerance for failure that shifts the experience from a letdown into a teachable moment. So share your failures with others, especially when you see them fail. Share what failure has taught you and how it has shaped you. Everybody falls down. It's just part of life. How quickly we get up when we fail is all that really matters. The quicker you get up from failure, the more successful you will be. The more we can share this with others, the more confident they will be in themselves when they fail because everybody is going to fail. The brain has two distinct sections that process information in a completely different way. Both are exceptional at certain functions, but terrible at others. By understanding the brain, we can navigate to the proper part of the brain when we need its strength and better influence others through this awareness. I've talked before about the limbic brain. That part of our brain is amazing. It's super fast and one of the main reasons the human race has survived so long its purpose is to quickly identify threat and take action. But that same strength of the limbic brain is also exactly why it is terrible at effective leadership skills. The limbic brain is designed to judge. It is emotional, quick, and biased. It is not looking for the big picture. It doesn't have the luxury of contemplating different points of view. It only knows to judge, judge fast, and immediately react, all for the purpose of survival. The limbic brain is on autopilot. You don't even have to try to get it to work. It does its thing without even thinking about it. If there is a tiger in the room, the limbic brain is wonderful. But if you are trying to influence people, it is terrible at that job. Then there's the prefrontal cortex, that Albert Einstein or Carl Jung living inside all of us. 
The prefrontal cortex is the enlightened part of our brain. It contemplates the big picture. It is where planning occurs. It is what separates us from a dog. The dog does not plan next summer's vacation. But the weakness of this part of our brain is that it is quickly overloaded. As enlightened as the prefrontal cortex is, it just doesn't have that run-all-day-on-autopilot energy of the limbic brain. Our goal is to gain awareness of which part of your brain is in control, develop the skill of navigating to the prefrontal when it would better serve you, and to share this information with others. We also need to have an awareness of what part of the brain is in control when others are speaking to us. Can you see that they are having that quick reaction to your conversation? Or are they quietly contemplating what you are saying? This awareness helps us be more forgiving to the reactions of others when we can see past their words and notice which part of their brain is in control and speaking to us. Most people have no idea they are running on limbic brain. They quickly and judgmentally react to whatever events or words come their way. The limbic brain controls their actions instead of them learning to control the limbic brain. The limbic brain is in the driver's seat of their life. They have moments of calm where their prefrontal takes over, but they are typically unaware of this process. The lack of awareness means they are not able to control it. The lack of control leads the limbic brain reactions that create more hardships and division in their lives than is necessary. If I want someone to behave a certain way, the least effective way would be to yell at them and judge them quickly. But if I am not in control of my brain, I might actually behave that way. Have you ever seen a manager act that way before? Have you ever seen a supervisor yell at an employee and quickly judge their behavior? Well, it's not the manager's fault. The skills and awareness that we are covering here are not things that people are born understanding. They are not lessons taught in the school system. However, they are some of the most powerful skills you could ever learn. Some people get put into leadership positions without any effort to develop their leadership skills. Often, they model the behavior of other bosses they have had in the past or have currently. Unfortunately, sometimes what they are modeling are limbic brain biased reactions that just aren't the best way to influence people, especially when your back is turned. If focusing on strengths, targeting emotion, and influencing people to live up to our expectations is our goal, we will need to do that from our prefrontal cortex. Our limbic brain is terrible at that type of work. So notice yourself. First, you need to pay attention to yourself. Notice when your thoughts are quick, judgmental, reactive, or biased in any way. Notice when you are more inclusive with your thoughts. We are all more alike than we are different. Everyone experiences struggle and happy moments. 
Notice yourself. The more you can be aware of which part of your brain is in control, the easier it is to navigate to the prefrontal when you need to. The first step is to become aware of these forces going on in your head. Some people call these two parts of your brain fast brain and slow brain. Fast brain is limbic brain. Slow brain is prefrontal cortex. In order to shift control over to the prefrontal, we need to slow the brain down. We need to take control away from the autopilot limbic brain. Slowing the brain down is a great way to do this. A simple technique is to spell words backwards, but this only works if you are not very good at it and you have to do it slowly. You have to think about it. If you can spell the word truck backwards and quickly in your head, then you are not doing it from your prefrontal cortex. You are doing it from your limbic brain. But if you try to spell the word enlightenment backwards in your head and you have to think about it to get it right, you are slowing down to get it right. You are now in prefrontal cortex mode. We can become very efficient at this technique over time. Once you find yourself spelling words in reverse very quickly, you are no longer using prefrontal. You have created a habit that can be accomplished from the limbic brain. Because of this, any technique you use to slow your brain down and engage that prefrontal will need refreshing on a regular basis. The brain is highly adaptive. Learning to engage the prefrontal will not only help you become a better influencer, if you share these techniques with others, you can help make the world a nicer place to live in. And after we gain awareness of the slow and fast brain, which one is in control, and how to navigate to the prefrontal, then you start to gain awareness of something else going on. Who is it that is aware of your limbic brain versus prefrontal cortex? If there is another level that notices when you are operating on fast brain versus slow brain, then what is it that notices that consciousness, that unbiased observer is the deepest part of you? Even though the prefrontal cortex is more of a big picture decision maker, it's still making decisions. It is still somewhat biased. It is not quick to judge like the limbic brain, but it still judges, plans, and makes decisions. It is just more contemplative when it does it. That part of you that is aware of these two parts of your brain that doesn't judge anything, it doesn't decide anything, it just observes what you do, that is the deepest layer of who you are. The reason it is so important to talk about that third level of awareness or consciousness is that from there, we can learn to separate the thoughts from our brain, from who we really are, and the consciousness that observes those thoughts. So praise people. Praise them privately, in groups, and in front of people that love them. Have faith in people. Lift their strengths instead of trying to push down their weaknesses. 
Share your failures with others to help them believe in themselves and increase their faith in themselves. Notice yourself and the different parts of your brain that are in control. Notice these different parts of the brain in control of others. And notice the third level of yourself that notices all these forces at play. If you learned something valuable today, please share it with others. For more information, head over to leaderthink.com.